Hello, you're listening to the Women of Awe Action, Wisdom, and Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Adrienne Dillard. The Women of Awe podcast is a podcast that celebrates the everyday woman who in her everyday activities has exhibited action when needed, wisdom as required, and excellence as a routine to make life better for herself, her family, and or her community. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Friends, let's welcome Margaret Pruitt. She is our guest for this session of Women of Action, Wisdom, and Excellence. Margaret is a friend from my Toastmasters Club. I met her about three years ago. I'm not going to say much more than that. I would like Margaret to share with us who she is and what she does. Margaret, to you. Thank you, Adrian. I would like to say I am honored that you chose me for this new adventure, and I appreciate the opportunity. You are very welcome, Margaret, and I am honored that you agreed. So let's get started. Margaret, can you tell me, I know you're retired now, but can you tell me what you did before retirement? I was a park manager and a park ranger in the Maryland State Park System, and I had a career there for over 20 years. As a park ranger, I know that you have done some interesting research recently, and that's really what I wanted you to talk about today. Can you share with us what exactly you're researching and why you chose to research it? I would love to do that. When I started at the park of Elk Neck, I transferred there. I knew a little bit about the park history buff, and I had written down five or six goals. I started there in 2004. One of the goals was to find the hidden history. Mm. And I'm open-minded about it. I had no idea where it was going to lead me. And I knew I was coming to the end. Funny, I found my goal sheet. There it was, hidden history. Mm. Well, where am I going to find that? I looked in the 1970s Maryland Historical Trust, 300-page document. I started looking through there. And there was one or two-line reference. The persons who had owned the park were in slavery. It was just a line. I looked at that and it just struck me, a line. Well, I, I need to find this. Originally, I thought I was going to find things about mills and timbering and all that kind of stuff, but that line struck me and I decided to do that line. That led me writing the National Unknown Railroad Network Freedom application on so much information that entire park was owned by one of the wealthiest family country at the time. This particular park was for over 100 years by the same family. And one of the owners was a grandson of the signers of the Declaration. Let me, let me just interrupt for one moment, just to make sure our listeners understand. This is Elk Neck State Park. It's located in Elkton, Maryland. There's a lot of history there. And I love that she is sharing this with us. Go ahead, Margaret. I'm sorry. Anytime. What struck me about it was there was no information other than those couple lines. And I told my boss that I would start to pursue this. And he said, okay. The more I got into it, the more I found out about it, the more I wanted it, a public document that everyone can read and find. The family that owned them were the Pacas. Many of you who live around Baltimore, there's Paca Street, there's Paca this and that. It's the same family, okay? Hold on. Here's the thing. I, I grew up in Baltimore and we call it Paca Street. Oh, okay. Paca Street, one thing in my research I found out that no one really knew how to pronounce it. And the only reason they call it Paca, because back in, my date may be wrong, but back in the early 1800s, one of the Pacas wrote a poem and he rhymed his name. Oh, right. Paca. So that's why I've always said Paca. Maybe Paca. Yeah. 
that's why I always called it PACA. I wanted to say that as I did this research, there wasn't a lot of support for me finding this research. Not that I was told not to, but I had to find time to do it. Much of this research I compiled on my own time. One, because there's so much to do. <laughs> it's my job running a super large campground in, in right. the state of Maryland. But I pursued it because this is part of hidden history and it's been written out. And around the same time, there was another park that was trying to find history about a road. It's called Ben's Road. And no one knew anything about it. The Park Service does have a group that follows history and finds history. I spoke with that person. She asked me if I knew anything about Ben's Road. So I talked to the local amateur historian at this other park, and the person said, oh, it was a black man, and I think he worked for Pierre DuPont, and, right. and DuPont owned the property from the 30s or so. The person looked it up and said, oh, there's no person named Ben on that list. And w one thing that struck me about that, in probably a few minutes, I went and looked and found the, man, the gentleman named Ben, mm -hmm. and I found his last name, and I found all these things about him. And what's really, really spurred me on was the perception, the current perception mm -hmm. of, oh, this person's named Ben, we think he was African-American, and he must have worked for DuPont. Oh, no, there wasn't anyone, so he didn't exist. Right. That little bit there made me understand we have to change our perception of history. Absolutely. And until we change our perception of history, we are not going to understand what, what brought us here and where we are today. Yes. That's that right. is why I really focused on the Elk Neck State Park and the the Paka Paka family <laughs> and did the history. The family owned hundreds and hundreds of slaves. This was not their only holding. This was a small park, right. 1,100 acres. It was a small farm. There are other parks that they had a lot of influence in or still in existence. You said you did not receive support for doing this research. Was it no support as in blocking you from getting information or not encouraging you to get the information more not encouraging encouraging me my boss just said oh okay and that was it no questions no anything right. no whatever i brought him updates oh okay that's interesting and i spent over six months getting this national underground railroad network to freedom application submitted approved it's and that it's a historic document now and up the chain in the park service i got an email saying Oh, thanks for pulling this together. <laughs> As if I pulled all the components off the shelf and just put it anyway. So I would like to explain a little bit part of that about, about the Park Service. The Park Service has a philosophy of it's not a problem until it's a problem. Yes. And they are, they have the Harry Tubman State Park. They have other large or areas involving slavery that they are putting a lot of their resources into searching. So here I am on my own kind of finding this research and, and, and going through with it. And that is why they don't have the resources at this point to make another big deal about it at this okay. point. But okay. it's there. They have it. Right. They can do that. Have you reached out to any other organizations that might find this information beneficial? I'm not sure which organizations, but... Well, I can tell you... The support I got from the National Park Service 
was amazing. And I had a good relationship with those folks. And they, in my research, I found information that they were able to use that they didn't know. There's a very famous slave ship that got caught and there were 80 slaves on it and they were all sold and all that kind of thing. Well, I found out more about the captain that they didn't know. They didn't know that the particular captain had tried and helped other slaves escape before this previous attempt. And all I can say is I read his autobiography. What? <laughs> and that's where I got the information. But anyway, right. the National Park Service was very supportive and helped me right. getting that to their network. Well, that's good to know. Yes. At least you did yes. find support somewhere. You're not finished. You're still researching, correct? Yes, I have stopped the Elk Neck Network to Freedom application. That one is done and completed, but the history is never completed. There are right. so many threads that I, I want to look up. For instance, on what was formerly Park Service property back in the 50s, they were digging for a private community, which bought part of it, the part of the original property. Mm. And they found a grave originally they ran over a skeleton, okay? Mm. Originally, original, they identified it as either African-American or Native American skeleton. Okay. And then they took the, the bones and went to the archaeology. And then it was a long time before they got the results. And then they finally said, oh, it was probably a white man because there were pipes and bones found around it. However, that's exactly where the Paca Mansion was. All right. Slaves were always located very close to the main household. And in all my research, I found that there have been many, many references to a cemetery. So I'm convinced that there is a slave cemetery out there somewhere. So that part hasn't been, I would, that hasn't been wrapped up. I would like to pursue that. But currently I'm pursuing the one for the other park with Ben. Phenomenal, phenomenal man was free his entire life. It, it his entire life? Yes, he was born in 1809, and I'm finding that there was a, a free community in that part. No one knows about it. So that's what I'm pursuing now, and I'm doing that through the task force or the task team within the Park Service. I'm okay. doing research for them, and they are pursuing That sounds very interesting. I think we're going to have to have you back to talk about Ben. Yes. And ben what you discovered. What's his name? Benjamin York. Griffin. In York and Griffin. All right. Wow. You, wow. Already you've got more information than Ben. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before, let's see. Let's think about what you've done so far. And what's one thing you wish you had known before you started this research? Before I had started this research, I wish I would have known the breadth of the amount of state park property that had or were owned by enslavers. I haven't found a park yet in the central region that does not have reference to a person enslaved. And I believe that is part of my push to get this out there because growing up, I grew up in uh, Delaware and growing up, growing up understood slavery was just something that happened and it was in the past. It almost like it's over, but I don't believe we have a perception of how worldwide, how, how it was a worldwide phenomenon and how the intentional depriving of people of resources is where we are today. It, mm -hmm. it just happened. And I, 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 it makes me angry, angry that we are not acknowledging. I will acknowledge that in my family history, we enslaved people. And I believe if we acknowledge that, we, I can't make up for any that my ancestors to your ancestors, but 
I think if we just acknowledge that and acknowledge the system that was put into place to deprive people of resources, because we always know that resources are what people get ahead by, that that's what improves their quality of life. Yes, absolutely. Because the acknowledgement of what has happened, I think we need to do that first before anything else. Nothing will ever get fixed if we cannot acknowledge what was done. And I think so many people just want to push it under the rug and act like it never happened. And I believe, and I'm only speaking for myself, but there's a definite uncomfortableness within myself knowing that my ancestors were part of it. And I believe people look at, feel that uncomfortable and turn it into anger. They can project it on someone else or they can accept it, acknowledge it and say, this is what happened. It makes me angry too, but I want to do something positive light and bring it to light. Say, look, this is where we are. This is who we are. This happened. It was real. The effects are still happening. And still happening. Coming from the perspective of a black woman who has a bit of Native American also in her. Oh yes. It's always interesting when I hear people who have done research and are uncovering information and are just recently becoming aware of what happened because that's just our lives. You know, it's our history. This is all we know. But it's also helpful when new people start learning and uncovering information because typically those people are the ones who will make the change because they're interested enough and care enough to make the change rather than just say, oh, that happened so long ago. Don't worry about it. I have to agree with that totally. I'll just share growing up. I remember the moment when I found out that what America did had people here before <laughs> we got there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I had been, that's what I had been taught. We all were. Yes. And then so let's talk about the indigenous people. We're not even talking about the indigenous people that uh, totally overwhelmed and slaughtered and everything else. And yes. Margaret, we could, we could talk about this yeah. forever. <laughs> we could talk about this forever. But I really promise I did not want to hold you here more than 30 minutes. <laughs> but this is very interesting. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. Because I think it is excellent that you're doing this research, that you've done this research, and that you want to learn more. And you want to make changes because you care. And I love that about you are so insightful and your passion and your caring. It just comes out in everything you do. And I do appreciate you. And I am so thankful that I can call you a friend because I need people like you in my life. You get a couple of minutes here, though. I want you to tell me anything that you want to share about anything. It doesn't have to be related to this research. It can be just about anything that has shaped you into the person you are today. I would say one of my biggest influences has been when I made reconnection to the natural world. There's a story behind that, of course. One of my heroes, named Sally, is 20 years older than I am. And we met at a, what I call an outdoor Boy Scout, Girl Scout group. It was a monthly club. And we would learn about outdoor things. We would camp once a month together and we just learned about things. We became fast friends and we discovered that when I was 14 and she was 34 years old, she's 20 years old, that we read the exact same article about a man named Tom Brown who returned to native tradition and started learning about tracking. She invited me to a week-long class in tracking where I met my tracking instructor 
friend Charles Worsham, and the immersion in nature has just totally changed my life. I came back from that class. I unplugged my phone back when you could unplug phones. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't talk to anyone for a week. And what I discovered, a transformation through my reconnection to nature, and everyone has that within them. All of us are connected to the natural world. We just don't allow ourselves to be. And that transformed my life and wanted me, I wanted to pursue being in nature, which led me to my career as a park ranger. And I would say to people, if they're starting out in a career or whatever they're doing, find out what you really love to do. Find out what you enjoy spending doing. And if I had, would do it over again, I wouldn't be a park ranger. I probably would go into wildlife or I would go into forest because park rangers spend 80% of their time dealing with people. And I would prefer to spend 80% of my time dealing with animals and and trees, but I'm not, I'm not regretting anything. It, it took me, right. I believe I'm a, have a strong spiritual foundation. It took me to where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's how I got there and meeting you. Oh, thank you. It, it's funny because when you said you would rather have been what in wildlife, mm -hmm. well, because I'm thinking park ranger wildlife, what's the difference? But I'm thinking now that the park ranger probably has a lot of administrative work to it that <laughs> That is not where you want it to be at all. Correct. You want it to be outside, you know, yes, yes. in nature. But the story that you said you went on a nature, kind of like a retreat, I guess. How long was that? It was a week long and we spent 10 hours a day in the woods. We had to take our lunches with us. We got up, we left at eight o'clock in the morning and we got back at 10 o'clock at night and we were learning how to follow animal tracks. And we learned how to uh, one, identify, print, identify, and then find out about them and observe, literally, this drove me nuts. He would sit each one of us down by a track that he had found and make us draw it. And we had to draw it for two hours. Oh, oh I, don't, I, I, I don't draw, <laughs> but what it did was you had to sit there, you had to look at that track. And the amazing thing is, if you did that today, you would... You would look at that now and go, oh, but then if you sit there for those hours and more and more and more, and that is how he, I had, I had done that then. It's just an amazing thing. Then to make it fun, he would sit, sit you down. Now, I went to more than one class. Okay. okay. So, so this wasn't all in one class, but that right. first class and they all were that long. Then the next one would, okay, we're going to draw tracks, but we're going to have two teams and one team's going to be drawing tracks and the other team is going to be trying sneaking up on you and trying you know it, it trying to see that game so you right. had to be able to pay attention to that but then you also had to become aware of your surroundings and i can tell you all my years you can't get with i don't know how 100 feet of me if i'm in the woods my back might be turned but if Ooh. somebody with a hunt i can i i feel it i feel it that's available to all of us is what i'm trying to say it's we are so disconnected and so this was transformative in my life Yes, it's wonderful. Market, have you ever considered offering classes, even just touching on a bit of this? I know the Scouts would appreciate it. I have taught many classes. One of the ones is through the program that the department offers. It's called the Becoming an Outdoors Woman. And they do multiple classes, but I usually did the tracking class. I did gardening class. I did Gosh, outdoor survival, done a lot. So yes, I have done a lot of class. It, it's, it, 
it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. I just haven't done it in quite a while. But yes, it's intense. But it, it sounds like it. But that, that once again, that's one of the levels to you that to me makes you a woman of awe. May I add, this might sound unbelievable, but you can track at night with no flashlights but feel. What do you and mean? It's dark and you can't see and you can feel tracks and the, just the difference in the depression. And you have, of course, it takes a while for you to get to that because one, if you, have, you put your hand in a track, you have to know what it, what it's there. Like this is a deer track, this is a raccoon track, right. whatever. And you can also, you can track by, by smell at night. And what that is, is the difference between the regular ground and the track went down, disturbed the ground, smell the difference between from one side to the other. What? Yeah, because the the say the regular ground is there and it, it has its thing, but then when something steps on it, right. it, it, it changes the composition and it releases a smell. And you can track at night by smell. It's not fast, but it's not fast. Oh my, yeah, I'm, just, I'm getting all these ideas now. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we will definitely have to have you back Margaret. I, I'm just so excited. There's so many things I want to learn now. But this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of what you've done over the years. I can't wait to have you back so that we can learn a bit more about you. Thank you again, Margaret Pruitt, for joining us on Women of Awe. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on the Women of Awe action wisdom and excellence podcast if you are a woman of action or know of one who you think would be a good fit for the podcast please contact me via email women of awe at adrian dillard.com women of awe awe at adrian a-d-r-i-e-n-n-e dillard d-i-l-l-a-r-d.com or you can post to our facebook page Always remember to be the best you that you can be. That is the best path to excellence. I hope you can join us next week. Please don't forget to support us by leaving a review.